0: Extravagant lovers of God theme at the moment, and that means to love God without restraint. And um, when I've been on, I've dealt quite a bit with, with the general areas of money and faith and things like that, but I'm going to dive into an area that Chris was, was touching on so well just a couple of weeks ago, which is the area of our worship. You know, everything is very interconnected in the Bible. There isn't, you know, the book of money and, and then the, the, the book of marriage or the book of, it's all mixed up. It's just life, and who knows that life is messy like that. And so actually, your song worship is connected to your financial giving, which actually does affect your marriage. And you might see how quite a lot of things all connect together, and worship is a great point where they connect. So I've got some of the scriptures up on the board, but um, if not, if you've, if you've got your Bible, get your Bible out, or your phone, because you might want to just take a few down, or just take the notes, I'll make sure. Take notes on, on paper or your phone, and I'll give you scriptures and stuff like that. Um, but I just want to share for a little while, and then we're going to dive back into worship. And I've come on early so that we can have a good half hour just worshiping with some of the thoughts that I've brought this morning. Is that okay? Um, so uh, in, in John 4, we get this great uh, statement, and I'll, I'll read it to you. John chapter 4 and... Uh, Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman at the well, and in verse 21, um, he says, "Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Can you say new dimension? Uh, in other words, the geography wasn 't going to be the thing. Um, you would encounter God. It used to be that you 'd go to Jerusalem. Now you go somewhere else, I 'm going to look at that in a little while. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews is being. Theologically technical there, let's leave that because it's not relevant for this. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshippers, say true worshippers. You know, you can sing the songs but be a false worshipper. Jesus used this phrase in Mark 7, you worship me in vain. So right person, wrong way. Are you with me? Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're worshipping Jesus. Because there is, uh, you know, some hosts to relax everyone might say, do whatever you feel like doing. Actually, theologically, that's poor, but I understand relaxing everyone and going, don't be too uptight about it, and that's what they're trying to do. But technically, there is a right way to worship. And Jesus actually said, you can worship me in vain if it's just rules taught by men. It becomes empty, it's vanity, and I don't know about you, I don't want to spend my life in the thousands of meetings I go to, get to the end of my life and go, you know what, half of that was a waste of time. You could have been playing golf. Anybody work with me? You know, um, and so he's saying there's a time will come when true worshipers and we're in that time now will worship the Father in spirit and truth. for listen to this, they are the kind of everybody say kind of. God is looking for a kind of worshiper, not any worshiper. OK, so who wants to be that kind? Yeah, me, two arms and two legs in the air and falling over. I don't mind. Um, the kind of worshipers the Father seeks God is looking for something. There's not many things in the Bible it says he is out searching for, but it does say he's searching for worshippers. So if you're someone, and I totally understand this where you go, you know what, I get the word bit. You know, I get the talky bit because I'm used to school and I'm used to university. I'm used to lectures. I don't really get the singy bit. And if, if that's you, then this morning is for you. Because actually, God is looking for worshipers. And if we understand his heart and what that does, then it can become very powerful. So I just want to share with you two things that worship does uh, and how we could, and a few practical things around that. And hopefully it'll bless you and then we're going to dive into some worship. Is that okay? So um, Sam, everybody thanks Sam for his hard work back there. We love you, Sam. You're fantastic. Give me the the next slide, if you would, Sam. Here's the first one. Worship is how we fight. You were born to fight with praise and with worship. We're the only army that fights with songs and creativity. But it does something in the atmosphere. There's that verse, Psalm 8, verse 2. Listen to this. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies. Just wrap your head around that. As we sing, God is making you strong and putting you in a castle. He surrounds me with songs of deliverance, one verse says. I know it's weird. I know you're not going to learn this in GCSE, but get your mind around the university of God. He has made you to sing. One of the verses says that praise essentially looks good on you. It's fitting for the upright to praise him. You look good in the spirit realm when you praise. You are strong, okay? And it silences the foe and the avenger. Anybody need the the foe to be silenced? Come on. All those worries. That shame. You're not good enough. You're too ugly. You're too tall, too short. I get that one. So we praise him as something happened. Now I love this picture. I I actually Googled because the Bible says, work with me, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Are you with me? The the tongue is a fountain of life. Um, If you go to the book of Revelation, three times Jesus is pictured with a sword coming out of his mouth. You're made in the image of God. The only place that you have weaponry is in your mouth. Your weapon, that's why he says, speak to the mountain, don't think about it. You want to mull it over. You want to lie awake at night and think about it. And Jesus, don't do that. Get my word and speak it out. Because something happens. Ephesians 3 verse 10 says that the church is here to declare the wisdom of God into heavenly realms. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but spiritual stuff is going on. Have Have you felt that dull blanket of depression come on you? And have you realized quick enough, that's a demon walked into my house. Don't just lie there going, well, I don't know what's going on. I'm just awful, you know, uh, unreasonable, crazy thoughts, worries, um, uh, anxieties, stresses. What do you call it when you worry about sickness? What's that word? It's lost to me. Hypochondria. Listen, rise up. I'm going to silence the foe and the avenger. People that know how to worship, you, you create an atmosphere around you. You will live in a house of your thoughts and you'll live in a house of your words. So fill the atmosphere where you you are with powerful words, right? And with praise and worship. Understand there's a spiritual realm and things you do affect it. It's not enough to feel faith in your heart. It's not enough to, well, you know, I feel okay. Do you know there's something powerful when you just go like that? Do Do you remember Moses? There was a fight going on. Joshua was leading the armies and Moses was up on the hill with his arms in the air. And the Bible says when his arms were up, the Israelites were winning. When he got tired, he went, oh, I get a bit tired of this. They started to lose. Just look at that picture. Posture changed something in the heavenlies. Welcome to the university of God. I did something. I didn't just feel to kneel, I knelt, and something happened in the spiritual realm. I raised my hands. Isaiah 30 says that God fights to the sound of tambourines. No tambourines allowed in here. The, the, <laughs> the PA guys will go nuts. <laughs> Right, Mark, no tambourines unless you're a professional. But at home, all the tambourines you want. A friend of mine, he's got a church of a couple of thousand. I say, how is your church so successful? Oh, he says, I go, I drive into the country in my little car, and I get my tambourine out round the country lanes, and I just enjoy. He's got a church of two thousand, built on affecting the spiritual realm. He says, every now and then I come across someone, and there I am, you know, with my tambourine. Yes, I'm nuts. Listen, get into this word and understand it. Right, this is why Jehoshaphat said, right, we've got a massive army, what should we do? The Bible says, trust his prophets and have faith. That's what it said. He said, right, send the choir out first, send the worship team out first. How are we going to stay focused on faith? We're going to stay focused on faith by praising and worshiping. Faith creates a highway for God to come into our environment, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. You want a path straight the way through your problems? Start to focus on God, start to praise him, and faith will remain in your heart. When you stop praising, in other words, when you stop looking at Jesus and start looking at the waves, you start to sink. With me? So we fight through our worship, and we sing, and we shout, and we declare, and we put ourselves in worshipful postures. Okay? This is why we do the sing bit. It's more powerful than the preach bit. In fact, if I'm honest, the preach should come before the worship because all I really want to do is create a platform for us to change the heavenlies in this area. Before the troops go in, the planes go in. And they take over the, the heavenlies above an area so that the ground troops can go in. That's what worship does. It transforms regions. Amen. It does stuff. Why have we got a half night of prayer? Transform the atmosphere. Hold the atmosphere to pray, to declare. Don't do none of this sleepy worship on me. No, no, no. We speak to mountains. If it's in the book of Psalms, we do it. We have a jig. We have a dance. Why? It makes you spiritually healthy and strong. It's very, very powerful. So that's the first thing. Worship is connected to deliverance. Show me a worshiper. I'll show you someone who's growing in health in their spirituality. If you can can overcome your own soul to worship, then guess what? You can overcome your own pride because it's often rude. People that don't worship is often there's a pride issue or a fear issue. So when you overcome that, you actually deal with a lot of other issues in your life because you've learned to go like David. Soul, just shut up. We're going to do what the Bible says. And suddenly you go, ah, I'm not what I feel. Doesn't the whole world need to hear that message at the moment? I'm not what I feel. I am what the Bible says I am. So, So rather than do what I feel... I'm going to just do what's right because there's spiritual health to be founded. Does that make any sense? So worship is part of that strength of of deliverance. And then the second uh, slide, Uh, Sam, please. Uh, Worship is where we're face-to-face with God. Moses used to meet God face-to-face, Exodus 33, and... um, we, you've heard me say it so many times that the word face and presence are interchangeable. Just think of it. If, I, if my face turns up, I'm there, right? You know I mean? you pop, we used to have a neighbor who used to pop, Coo-ee! and she'd pop her head through the door. And, and we knew, you know, Liz, Liz was there. You, you'd hear her and her face would appear through the door. Um, uh, uh, Mo, listen, Moses would meet with God presence to presence, face to face. God's obsession is intimacy with you. He, he only made you to love you and enjoy you. That's why you're here. Just don't make it more complex than that. You don't pray to, to get brownie points so God likes you. That, the liking you is all settled in heaven. He loved you before the world began. He likes you. He wants to be around you. Otherwise, he could and would have snuffed us out ages ago. So he said, and he doesn't need to work with us. He doesn't need to perform miracles through us. He doesn't need to save the world through us. If you go to the Muslim world where there aren't many laborers, he's just turning up in dreams and visions and getting millions saved. So he's better at preaching the gospel than we are. But he actually says, well, so can we work together? Like you've heard me say before, it's like when I ask Zach to wash the car with me it's so I can be with Zach, not so the car gets clean. I go and re-clean the bit he did. Because it's not so much clean as Interesting. And, and it's the same with us and God. This is all about face-to-face. And the singing bit, the worship, is about face-to-face. Worship is not singing songs. Although we use the vehicle of songs. Worship is encountering God. And it, and it matters as much on a Monday as on a Sunday. It matters that you're a worshiper in private as well as in public. Because it's, it's how we enjoy Him. And I just want to share some thoughts about that. It says here... Um, do you see the steps going up to heaven there? We worship in another dimension. It says we worship in spirit. Now, John in Revelation said, I was in the spirit and I saw the Lord. And in fact, God said to him phrases like this, come up here. So, We say up up there's a realm that's above just our earthly dull realm and this morning is a great morning to do this message because with the clocks going forward we're all going to feel ever so slightly more dull than normal anybody else with me do you know i mean just that little bit of oh and you know i need a coffee caffeine drip or just put instant coffee under your tongue straight kick straight into your system that's it i'm only kidding but we have a dullness about us Does anybody know what i mean but then there's, there's, an, there's another place we go where we connect with, with God, and it's, it's powerful. So we, true worshipers worship in the Spirit, with their spirits, by the Spirit of God, in another dimension. So somehow we're here on earth with songs and sounds and cheers, and, but God's saying, but your heart, and I'll show you this in a minute, is before my throne. You might not see it with your eyes, but if you get into true worship instead of just song singing, you'll get into the place of face-to-face encounter at the throne of God. Everybody say, yabba-dabba-doo. Oh, it's lovely, it? You know, what, what's that like? Well, you know, it starts with, I, well, I just feel him. I just, I just know. Whoa, somehow I'm close to God and that sense of approval that the Holy Spirit gives you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That Oh, everything's all right with the world kind of feeling that you get so often. That's where we go in worship, to the spirit realm. I was in the spirit and I saw a throne in heaven before me. Um, If you've got a Bible, turn to Hebrews 4 or or head there on your phone. Let me read a couple of verses to you and then we're going to just open them up. Hebrews 4 and verse 15 says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Isn't that nice? Jesus is able to sympathize with your weakness. Everybody say few. Okay, he knows what it is to be hungry. Hangry. He, 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 was a, he knew what oppression was for the devil to come in and just torment and attack. He knew that. He resisted it, but he knows how intense it feels and how difficult it is. But we have one, it says, who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Now, that all helps us to know he understands absolute humanity, right? He's normal. His feet were on the earth. When he he didn't eat, he got hungry, just like you. When he didn't sleep, he got tired, just like you. He was a human being, and yet... It connects with this verse. It says, "Let us then." In other words, he know what just it was like to be human, but but he still opened this to us. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. In other words, it's okay, humans, broken humans, normal people who get tired and hungry, and you know you don't quite know what's going on. Um, who, Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. Everybody say confidence. Confidence is going to be so important. You'll see this in a minute. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You have access, as we've been singing before this, before I started to talk, you have access to the throne of God. You're not going to see that. It's not going to physically appear in this room. But somehow in worship, your heart has the ability to go somewhere and say, right, I'm interacting with God in another round. I'm I'm encountering God. God in another realm. One more verse, and then I'm going to show you a chart. And if you've got a pen and paper, you might want to draw it down. Um, Hebrews 10, so just a few chapters on. It says, therefore, brothers, verse 19, Hebrews 10, 19, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, everybody say confidence again, confidence Confidence to enter the most holy place. That's That's another theological word for the throne room again, the intimate place of God's presence. By the blood of Jesus, it's His blood that makes us holy and pure, by a new and living way open for, for us through the curtain that is His body. And since we have a great High Priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Draw near, so you move close. In the Psalms, they would—they you got things like songs of ascent. You would go higher, right? Let us draw near to God. What with a sincere heart, so do it honestly. And in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. In other words, feeling and knowing I'm clean before him and he loves me, helps you to get there. Everybody get those? Now work with me. Let's have the next slide then, um, Sam, please. And we're gonna work through this. Now, I, I do this with leaders and I just felt last Sunday that I needed to do it with all of you. Is that okay? And I want you to talk, now it's real practical about church services. But at the end, I'm going to link it into how you live life, okay? Now, um, we start our church service at 10.30. So along the bottom of the graph here, I've got a pointer here. you got 10.30. That, that's when we all arrived. Really, this morning, it was 9.30, wasn't it? Huh. <laughs> and then we're going to finish about 12 noon. If we're feeling really spiritual, we eke it out to 12.15. There you go. Now, so that's a timeline along the bottom. Then here, look, you've got an upper realm, because it says, come up here, right? You've got an upper realm called spirit, and you've got a lower realm called flesh. Where are you supposed to worship? In the? So there's a place. I'm going to use the best language I can for this stuff up there. Not geographically up there, but up at a higher dimension is where I go to worship and where I connect with God. And if I'm not there, then it's just a sing-along. Down here, sing-along. Up there, encounter. Are you with me? Right, down there, boring church service. I would rather be playing golf. Up there, oh my lordy, forget the set list, forget the plan, God's turned up. But actually, you made it happen. They didn't make it happen, I didn't make it happen. Something happened in us that meant we went to, I'm going to call it, heaven together. Right? So here, this line here is, is and, and there's, there's me this morning, not quite in the spirit you know, but not, not too bad, not too bad. Get, get, get in there, right? So this is the line. Now, you've got to realize you can go up and down this line. Who goes up and down it in life? Okay? Anybody have that kind of week? <laughs> Anybody have this kind of week? Right? Yeah? Now, give us the next slide, Sam. That spirit realm is where we want to be. Not just in church services, but it's actually where we want to live as a church. It's where true worship happens, where we know I'm intimate with God. It's where miracles break out because we're not living in the dull lower places of flesh, but we know how to say, come on, soul, let's get up there. And we go up and we know what it is to walk with God. Signs and wonders take place, prophecy. I tell you, when I've been in meetings where the whole room knows how to go up there, you just point at sickness and it leaves. Time and time again, I've seen that when the, when the presence of God is thick. But listen, I don't think it's that he fell. He fell 2,000 years ago so that we could rise. See, it, it's we ascend together to God. He doesn't fall out the sky. He's already done that. Why? And now it says we worship by the Holy Spirit. So we get filled and we rise by the Holy Spirit to this place. And it's where it all breaks out. Clarity. Who needs to hear from God? We're in the lower regions of confusion and and anxiety. But just one breath, David said, it was troublesome to me until I entered the sanctuary and I got clarity and I understood, ah, it's all okay. That's where trust lives. That's where faith lives. That's where we walk in boldness, power, passion, authority, and the approval of heaven. That's where you walk with a sense of dignity, not because heaven fell on you, but because something rose in your heart and said, no, I I can either choose to live in the lower regions of my flesh or the higher level of walking, the Bible puts it, in the spirit, or keeping in step with the spirit. Does that make sense? So how do we get up there? Well, I've read some of the verses already. Give us the next slide, Sam. I call that place there. Now, listen, when Jesus died on the cross, and maybe you're not a Christian this morning even, you're thinking, what on earth are we going on about? We're talking about connecting with God. Now, in order for man to to who is, who is flesh, that's your, biblically, theologically, your, your soul, uh, and your body, and your mind, and your emotions, and your will. Now, who knows, that can all act independent of God, even when you're Christian, yeah? Um, but your spirit came alive when you were born again, so you have the ability to live up there, you just have to choose to. Well, you learn to, and then you choose to, does that make sense? Now, Jesus brought you access to the spirit realm and for your spirit to connect with God's spirit. Jesus did that by his blood. You couldn't do it before. You weren't holy enough. But now you've been made holy by his blood. You have permission to walk in the spirit, permission to move in miracles, permission to be in the throne room of God. Because he said, right, I'm going to call you holy while I'm making you holy. Yeah. Everybody go yabba-dabba, whoo, right? Okay, that's what it's all about. But now Jesus bought the way how do we get there? Jesus bought the way, but how do we get there? Well, listen, we've read it. It says, we enter the throne of God. We come before his throne, it says, in full assurance of faith. We read it from Hebrews 4 and Hebrews 10. Did you notice it? that line? Again and again, it said, we come with confidence. We come in full assurance of faith. We come in confidence. We come in full assurance of faith. In other words, listen. Unless you're confident, you never get there. I say it again faith, the attitude of, right, I'm going to meet God. He loves me, He's for me, right? that's what gets you. You you push over into this realm. Let me tell you what happens, because I've been studying worship with rooms of people from six people to thousands of people for 27 years. It's what I do, and I know time and time again, it's hardly ever that God fell out the sky when a move of God happens. It's usually that expectation rose, hunger rose, and we kind of all say, and somehow it's like What's, is it the starlings that are all in the sky? Somehow, a room, it's a divine thing, but it's also a very human thing. We go, we're going there. We're going to meet God. Yeah. And we decide, it's why we say stuff like, let's not just have church. Let's have church. Let's go there together. But that is a decision. And, and I found when, a, when, I don't really know the percentage on this, but let's say 70% of the room starts to go, we're going to go there. Streams of living, water start to flow out of our bellies in the room. and The atmosphere changes. But it's our faith to say, we're going there. And you know those other 30% start to go, what's happening around here? Something's happening in the room. God begins to move. And some people think he fell out of the sky. No, 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 he fell out of you. Because faith rose in your heart. You went to the throne room and rivers of living water started to flow out of the temple of God. Something happens when we go there. And it is our confidence that takes us before his throne. Another word, one version says, is our boldness. Boldness. It requires boldness to worship. It doesn't mean loudness necessarily, but boldness. can be very quiet, in fact, but very sure. God loves me. I'm going in. Something happens in you. Right, give us the next slide, Sam. Let's see what we got. So the thing is, on a Sunday morning, we all turn up in different places, don't we? You know, you've got Chris there. He's always in the spirit. And, 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 and Sandra McKinley, she's always up there. Do you know what? Never, ever comes out. Do you know what I mean? They just stay there night and day. So they, they turn up to a meeting. They don't need any songs to warm them up. They're there already. Right? And then, and then there's, you know, well, I won't say who that is, but you know who you are. Who else have we got? Sam, do the next slide. And so... And so a a room full of people, there's loads of us, and we're all in different places turning up. But if we want to have an incredible time in God's presence, miracles, prophecy breaking out, somehow all these people have to get up here together. But there's a problem. Give us the next slide, Sam. Some people are down there, aren't they? They go, oh, my word. You know, really? God? God who? You forgot you were a Christian all week, didn't you? And just came because someone nagged you or you saw someone on Twitter and it doesn't mean that you, you, that you uh, 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 are less desirous of God in, 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 in some ways but sometimes we're in a stage of our spiritual maturity where we, it hasn't quite clicked yet. But I believe there's a way for us all to gather together and say, right, this is what church services are. They're not three fast songs, three slow songs and a word. That bores me silly. It's when we as a community know we know how to host heaven. We go there together and stuff breaks out. Let me, let me tell you, down here, there's usually lots of plans and lots of things that you do that are churchy. Up here, heaven just breaks out. Heaven breaks. That's where we want to be, isn't it? This is the dynamic of how it happens. With boldness, we enter. Next slide, Sam. And so we find that from our de- various different places, have you ever been in a meeting where, you know, you're singing a few songs and there's just a moment in the meeting when you go, ooh, we stepped from church to, ooh, it might be a certain song or somebody prays a certain prayer. Usually somebody somewhere does something a bit bold, if I'm honest. A, a, a leader brings a prophetic nudge or a, a certain song or just something happens and, and we go, whoa, it went from songs to, ooh, God's in the room. And so we, something happens in us that takes us through. Do the next slide, Sam. But who knows, we can have church services like this. You know, you have ones that bob in and out of God's presence. Anybody been to those? He's there one minute, and then, then we're, we're back to the program. And then, then, and every now and then you sense God. Anybody ever been in that meeting down there? Oh, my <laughs> Lord, really, honestly. I'd rather stay in bed, to be honest. I'd rather stay in bed. Give us the next slide, Sam but that's what we want. The Bible says, walk in the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. How, how, how do we break through to these places? Well, just think about some worship verses with me, and I want you to apply them to this picture, because I could have done a picture based around the shape of the tabernacle or the temple, and it would have worked, but I wanted to do something that was different. But essentially, it's the same dynamic as that. Um, Psalm 100, enter his gates with... How do you think thanksgiving and confidence are linked? think they might be why do you think we start with jolly songs we're trying to get everyone confident so that we can go right we're going in we're laying a foundation of thankfulness instead of the dull worry of the week we're going right hang on a minute we're spirit filled we're spiritual we're loved by God we want to go in together so we're trying to build to a place where we have a foundation as a group and as individuals say so, right I'm going into the presence of God and we're going to meet him and God's going to break out in this place by breaking out of us it's going to break out. So, so we're, we're thankful. Thankfulness is powerful. You want to change your 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 how you feel. How you feel is important. And you know, I know I preach faith, but um, uh, you've got to recognise how you feel, but learn how to change how you feel. And the focus of thankfulness changes how you feel. You know, when I'm feeling really miserable, I know you wouldn't believe it, but I do. I do get down when things are going wrong. And anybody else? So I start to write a little list of what's going right and i usually realize that my going wrong list has got about 3 things on it and my going right list has got about 23 on it and i go actually life's not that bad focus of thankfulness brings confidence to my heart and i found in that place i go oh god and we start to connect again over here i'm in anxiety and striving and i've got to make it happen over here i go you know what daddy i love you who cares anyway who gives a monkey's let's live You've got to be childlike to get into the kingdom, to enter that place of Abba Father. The Abba Father comes by the Spirit of God, so you're only going to feel and sense and know, oh, Abba, you love me, when you get up here. Who wants to live up there? Right, we all do. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts, it's the same line again. We're pushing into, from the outer to the right in the place of his presence. How do you get there? Praise. We praise you, God. Romans 12 calls it the sacrifice of praise. What's a sacrifice? So if we go Old Testament, a sacrifice is killing something or giving something up. It's taking a dagger to something. Anybody with me? If we bring a sacrifice of praise, what's happening internally? I'm killing something. Jesus might put it, I'm denying myself. I'm taking up my cross. I'm, I'm putting something of my old self to death. And I'm choosing to be a man of the spirit instead of a man of the flesh. The sacrifice of praise will help you overcome all kinds of problems in life. Because it teaches you to go, soul, shut up. We're going to do the right thing. We're going to forgive when actually all we want is revenge. If you can do it in praise, you'll be able to do it in forgiveness. We're going to be generous when actually we want to be stingy. We're going to be kind when we want to withhold. Something happens in praise that teaches us how to uh, be masters over our own soul. As the Apostle Paul would put it, beat it into submission. Right? Something happens when we praise. If you can say to your soul, stop whining. Let's go into his presence. Put your hope in God's soul. Something can explode. Um, we use the word of God. Ever thought this? Why is worship usually better after the preach? Because we've built that preaching, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we build our faith and our encouragement and our confidence. And what happens is we're all like, oh, I feel more connected now. I'm ready to go into the presence of God. Um, it comes from reading the word in the week. We build into it, right? What was the other? I put another one down. I'm sure I did. Oh, Philippians 3.3, 3, if you're taking notes, says this, we worship By the Holy Spirit. Now. When we invite his spirit in our hearts. I would never lead worship without inviting the spirit of God to come. Because he's the only one that can truly take us there. When the spirit of God touches your heart. Confidence and dignity touches your heart. Intimacy with God touches your heart. And you start to be lifted. Internally. From one dimension to the other. Your flesh. Your flesh needs to be overwhelmed by spirit of God in order for you to know the spirit realm. Now, if we get these dynamics together, now you understand why we sing jolly songs, why we invite the Holy Spirit to come, why we talk about the blood of Jesus and exciting testimonies. What we, what we do, we're building a foundation to go here together where God breaks out among us in power and presence. Up here, All you need is a listening ear. You don't need a a list of things to do on a bit of paper. I tell you, when you get up there, you're suddenly going, oh my, well, stuff the paper, God's ear. That's where I long for us to live. That's the history of this church. That's our passion. I never want us to be locked into song lists and programs and three fast songs, three slow songs. I want us to know, you know what? We know how to go there. And for God, Why? Because when God breaks out on a Sunday, he breaks out on a Monday when I'm at work. But by, by, by what I do on a Sunday, I learn how to walk in the Spirit. So when I wake up Monday morning, I know it's still songs of thanksgiving. I, I know it's still praise. I know it's still the Word of God. And I know I still need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to walk out and live my day walking in the Spirit of God. And that's where it's exciting. That's where I hear his voice and those nudges happening, there's boldness and fun and adventure. It's so the last slide. I think it's the last slide, Sam. There you go. Monday, take, take away the time zone of a Sunday morning service. Make it Monday to Saturday. The same things still get you over that line. You need to know I'm loved. I'm held in God's hand. He's for me, not against me. And I can walk in the spirit by the word of God being in my heart and focusing and concentrating on that. And I can walk in the spirit. By letting him come fill me. Little moments in the day. Little moments in the, in the loo. <laughs> Be all right. I just need a few seconds out. Band, would you come up? We're going to sing in a minute. Yeah, that's okay. Thank you, guys. And, you know, can we sing Spirit Breakout? Because we're, we're going to do a little bit of experimenting. Stuff. Did you get something from that? I know it's real practical and workshoppy, but listen. When we get this stuff together it breaks out among us. Maybe you don't even know Jesus this morning. And actually you need to accept the fact that he's given you access to be intimate with him. All you've got to do is say, well, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I give up my sins. I want to know what it is to experience and walk with you through my day.